Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Thursday, June 2nd, 2022, and today we are reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in Bill's story, and we are on page 7, the fourth paragraph, They Did Not Need to Tell Me, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Thursday, Abby S., Devorah S., Martha Z., Kelly I., Betty N., our newcomer greeter, Karen W., and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, June 1st, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 19,017. That's 19017. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting yesterday, 19,018. 19018. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Kelly I to read the 12 steps. Go for it, Kelly. Good morning, this is Kelly I in Indiana, reading the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Kelly I. I will now ask for Betty M. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Betty. Good morning. This is Betty M. from Florida, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thank you, Betty M. Okay, so I bet everyone wants to know how our meeting works. So here we go. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time and hear the buzzer in the background. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in Bill's story on page seven, the fourth paragraph, and I'm going to ask Abby F. to get us started. Go ahead, Abby. Can't wait. 
Hello, everyone. Abby S. Recovered in Michigan. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And we are on page seven. They did not need to tell me. I knew and almost welcomed the idea. It was a devastating blow to my pride. I, who had thought so well of myself and my abilities, of my capacity to surmount obstacles, was cornered at last. Now I was to plunge into the dark, joining that endless procession of thoughts who had gone on before. I thought of my poor wife. There had been much happiness after all. What would I not give to make amends? But that was over now. So this reminds me of like how bad it has to get before a change is made. And I'm thinking about it with my food, but I'm also thinking about it in like just general character defects. Um, At first it had to get really bad for me in the food. And I feel like, yeah, it had to get really, really bad in order for me to make a change. And um, there have been many moments in my life that the pain of living either with the food or in a certain character defect has brought me to my knees. And what a beautiful place to be because when I am no longer able to control anything, like I am at step one, I'm taking a super, super solid step one. And without a solid step one, I can't move forward. So although it's like super, super painful, and there's so many paragraphs in Bill's story that it just keeps going down and down and down. And I'm looking forward to um, hearing in the next few days, in the next few weeks, like the uphill climb. But um, I was talking to my sponsor one time when I was just feeling super, super low about a certain character defect that I just was like bringing me so much pain. And I was literally on my knees, like crying out for God, like, like, God, I can't do this anymore. And, and that those places are so painful to be to actually experience, but they've all been like such memorable moments of change. And like, finally, like, God, I cannot do this anymore. And um, it also shows me in this paragraph, he starts talking about what he would not give to make amends. And it's like that amount of pain brings us to be willing to do pretty much anything. And like, I had to be pretty, pretty desperate to do all the amends that I did. And like, I had to be pretty desperate to hand over my food completely and like just give up, you know, every idea I had about food. Like, it takes me being super desperate to make a change. And as a recovered person, like I still struggle with that with character defects. Like I have to be pretty bad. Like I have to be in pain from a defect to like really be like, okay, God, like, all right, I'm done. I surrender. And um, it's just a beautiful place to be. So grateful to be here today. And with that, I pass. Wonderful, Abby. Thank you so much for getting us started. Okay, uh, before we take any names, I'd just like a friendly reminder that if, although we value your experience, strength, and hope, if you share it on either um, Tuesday or Wednesday, we ask that you allow others to share their experience, strength, and hope um, as well. So who would like to share on what was read? Katie B. Tina S. 
Melissa C. Maureen, Maureen L. Hold on one sec. I got Katie. I think it was Tina. Uh, Melissa C. Who did I miss? Maureen L. Maureen L. And who was the other person? Rachel K. Rachel. Rachel K. Karen W. Karen W. Anybody else? All right, so I've got Katie, Tina, Melissa, Maureen, Rachel, and Karen. Anyone else? Going once, going twice. All righty, great group. All right, Katie G, you are up, followed by Tina. Hey, Go good ahead. morning, Amy. Good morning. Oh, excuse me. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, and I'm recovered compulsive eater in Boston. You know, <laughs> I, who had thought so well of myself and my abilities and my capacity to surmount obstacles, let me tell you, I even was able to get to 110 pounds. I even was able to manipulate my body so I looked like I was a size four and everybody in the world wanted me. You know, like I think of Bill, the drive for success was on and like I fancied myself a leader. But where does that bring me? Like I'm a drunk with food and um, I, I, when you corner me, I finally have no other options. And for me, I have to tell you that I've had devastating blows, abstinence, in recovery. I mean, friends, I know this isn't very long, but I've been out, I've been out of a relapse for going on eight years. I'm going to tell you, there have been many devastating blows to my pride. How about when people... Um, you know, point out generously that, you know, um, that I share too much or that um, my husband is telling me he's going to leave me if I continue certain behaviors. How about the devastating blow of sitting in a house in Boston, Massachusetts with a husband and two girls and having everything I want and not wanting to continue because I have not, because I haven't had a deep enough awakening with God to overcome my obstacles. So I have to tell you the hope I have for you today and all of us is that we do not have to suffer from compulsive eating, but man, do I still have pride and ego and man, do I still have, uh, have uh, need these devastating blows, but they're not devastating anymore. Right, because my creator has entered into my mind and heart in a way that is indeed miraculous. And that creator is the solution for my whole life. And with those devastating blows, I'm going to tell you one thing. I stop living a double life. I stop showing up as the KDG, you know, super fancy and recovered and a mom in Hingham, Massachusetts and a wife and, you know, Pamela Anderson Lee. And I get to be Katie. I'm messy. I'm recovered. I do not suffer from compulsive eating. But let me tell you, like, I got to turn to God all the time. And I don't always, because I don't always want what God wants. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just here to tell you that the devastating blows, they're not as devastating. But recovered and abstinent, 
is wonderful, and I have to continue, continue, continue. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. Okay, Katie G from Boston, Massachusetts. Tina S from Florida, you are up. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Tina, uh, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida, Tina S. Um, grateful to be on the line. Thanks so much, Amy, for your service. And you know, it's interesting. The longer, the more times I earnestly study this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, the more I can relate, you know, because for many, many years, I thought, oh, I relate to one sentence, you know, now I relate to everything, which is the good news, you know, I, I too was one of those that self-knowledge was going to cure me for sure, all that I thought I knew, you know, I always prided myself on my intellect, you know, and then it says, you know, the frightful, the couple of paragraphs before the frightful day came when I ate again or dieted again or whatever I did so that I was spiritually sick, you know, and, um, and and then the next paragraph, you know, <laughs> you know, it was, and I loved the previous share. It was a devastating blow to my pride. I who had thought so well of myself and my abilities and my capacity to surmount obstacles was cornered at last. You know, it really takes me to a place that one. Um, you know, when I when I got abstinent in 1999, and I first came to Overeaters Anonymous in 1987, so there's a little bit of a gap there. Um, I couldn't think. You know, I had dieted myself down to a weight that my brain was affected, and I could not think, and I couldn't put sentences together. And and that's where I really needed to be. And people spoke for me. You know, by the time I could try to get in the conversation, it had been over, and there was others already started. And you know, and I I kept. Um, thinking to myself, you know, I never, I wasn't always like this. What's going on? I, I didn't understand, but I really had to get there so that I would just do what you suggested that I did because I didn't have a better idea. Because as long as I had a better idea, I was going to act on it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love that it talks. Now I was to plunge into the dark, joining the endless procession of thoughts who had gone on before me, you know. And that was the alternative that I had. You know, you know, either to go on to the bitter end, which, you know, I had tried that. I had prayed to die for many, many days, months, probably years, and that didn't happen. So, you know, I had decided that I'd just do what you told me to do because I couldn't think of anything better. And and then, you know, it started to happen for me. I could, you know, have a power greater than myself, help me to do the things that I could never have done, to have a transformation, you know, to be able to make amends to the people that, you know, I, I knew in my life were going to, you know, not want to have anything to do with me. You know, so I, I became a different person. And that happened only through the 12 steps of, the, of the Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous, the transformation. And I'm a different person today so that I don't have to be that same person. But let me just tell you, I can be that same person if I don't continue to do what I'm doing. You know, I have a power in my life today that is just, it's a miracle. It's miraculous, you know. And so with that, I'm going to pass. I'm really looking forward to hear some more shares and thanks. Thank you so much, Tina. Okay. Tina from Florida. All right. Melissa C. followed by Maureen L. Okay, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Amy. Thanks. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, the word pride, like I really look at it, um, devastation, this blow to my pride. And um, I have a friend who recently shared, like, different um, 
definitions of pride and different ways that pride manifests, and, and one of which, which grabs me in this reading, is my inability to receive advice. You know, it's it's my pride that gets in the way of that. It's this self-esteem, the faith I have in myself. For me, it's this, this consciousness, this awareness of my own dignity that I will protect until I'm you know, this this thing inside me, this self-importance, and my achievements. And it's what I valued and worshipped. And I can, by the way, yep, can still do that. Um, but really at this point when Bill is, like, in the hospital and, and know that he's, like, down, uh, this is after he knows about the allergy. This is after he tried some self-knowledge and he saw it didn't work. And, you know, and that's that's what it was for me, like, always had another idea, a new angle, you know. Um, I always valued my ability to think my way out of a problem. And I could, like, look around and, and find something that I could point to and say, yep, I did that, I did that, that's mine, I did that. And, you know, and I grew up with, like, loving and perfect parents who who encouraged that. It's like... You know, Melissa, you can do anything. Put your mind to it. And, you know, and my loving parents, they were wrong, you know, and not just wrong about my inability to fix my food and weight problem, but my ability to fix any problem. You know, I I can say, like, it's easier to give up sugar than it is to give up pride, to let go of pride. That's the thing that always seems to grow a new root for me. Um, you know, and the, and but really, in this point, I, I read Bill's thinking of his wife, and and I I remember thinking about my kids. I thought I'd blown it. You know, I was I was morbidly obese. I've shared, and I was sad that as much as I loved them, I knew my obesity and my food addiction was interfering with my parenting them, and it it filled me with sadness and guilt. Um. But, you know, here's the good news, right? There's a miracle. Like, it, it didn't kill me, and it didn't kill Bill. And, you know, for us, we're, we're going to read, like, in a few paragraphs, that miracle's, like, just outside his kitchen door. The door's going to open, and the miracle's going to walk in. And that's the power of God, guys, and that's what we get. Thanks for that off pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C., all right, Maureen L., you're up. Uh, good morning, all. This is Maureen L. from outside of Boston, Acton, Massachusetts, and grateful for all the shares and for those doing service on this line. And I was just thinking of where Bill's at this point in the story, and this accomplished man with considerable talent and ambition has been brought to his knees. And in this place, in his story, he does not see a path forward. He's in a dark, hopeless place where he feels like change is not possible and where he's doomed. And those of us now in 2022, if we could talk to Bill then, we'd say, Bill, you're going to be okay. You're going to change the world. There are going to be millions and millions of people across the globe who are going to be friends of Bill who are going to change their lives. They're going to recover from gambling and alcohol and substance abuse and food addiction and sex and pornography and everything because of what you've conceived of here through to being divinely inspired. 
and you are in this hospital and you think your life is over. But, Bill, there is so much outside of this that you are going to do with the help of God and fellowship. But Bill doesn't see that right now when he is in his corner. And it gives me hope because I, I could see when I've been in corners and when I will get in corners that there's a whole thing outside that I just don't have the capacity to understand. And if I turn my life over to my higher power, then there's a chance that not only am I going to get out of this corner, I'm going to get out of this counter, I'm going to be, live it with gratitude and with hope and hopefully joy in what's ahead. I just need to hang on to that hope. And so um, I, would just, um, I would just say how grateful I am that this program is possible, that a wretch like me <laughs> has been able to get a reprieve from chasing a hit all throughout the day because it's never enough. And I would just say, finally, when I was driving in this morning before turning on Vision Meeting, I was listening to K-Love, which is this, like, you know, feel-good music station that drives my teenagers crazy when I listen to it. But there was this song that said, God not, God's not done with you, so insert higher power. You know, higher power is not done with you. He's not done writing your story, even with your burns and your scars and your past. He's not done. And God is not done with Bill, and he's not done with any of us. And for that, that's a whole lot to be grateful for this morning. So I wish everyone a wonderful afternoon today. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Maureen L. from Boston. All right. Rachel K., you are up, followed by Karen W. Go ahead, Rachel. Your turn. Thank you. Hi, this is Rachel K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Indiana. And um, thank you, everybody doing service on this meeting, and thank you especially to the reader, and I'm sorry I forgot your name, but for making the parallel between the food uh, or, or whatever substance and my character defect. You know, I, like somebody else who shared, I was in this program a long time before I finally got abstinent and got recovered, and I thought, there were so many times I thought, oh, this is the bottom. This has got to be the bottom. And, you know, I realized that I, I don't know my bottom until I am pretty far away from it. And my disease and my character defects are, you know, they will continue until I scream uncle. You know, until I say I have had, you know, I've got a thick head. <laughs> and until I say, okay, I've had enough, I have to be in enough pain to say, I give up. I don't care anymore. Just uh, take it. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. And, you know, and only by the grace of God can I, you know, not just say I'm done, but say I'm, I'm out of solutions. You know, you take it from me. I, everything that I'm trying, everything that I'm, I'm doing, not going to work. It's not going to work if I try it one more time. You know, it's not like, oh, but this time, this time. Um, and that feeling of why can't I just let this go? Why can't I just stop, you know, this resentment? Why can't I just, why can't I just, with my character defect, sounds a lot like, why can't I just stop eating? Why can't I just, and any time I get into that mindset of, you know, why can't I just accept the fact that blank? Why, well, it's because I can't. Just like I couldn't just 
you know, avoid the whatever food it was or just stop at one. I can't just, you know, let go of fear, resentment, um, selfishness, self-seeking, and dishonesty. I need a big power, a power much, much, much greater than, than me. And by the grace of God and these 12 steps, that's, that's what I found. That's what I found through working the steps. And uh, anyway, thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a great day, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel. And I forgot, where are you, where are you from again, please? I'm from Indiana. Indiana, great. Just trying to remember so people can look under the contact list. So great. Thank you very much, Rachel. Okay, Karen W., you are up, and then we're going to take a list of more names. So get ready. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, good morning. Thank you, everybody, for your service. This is Karen W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York. And um, I, don't, I don't always identify in readily with some of, the, some of the readings that we do. But today, for the first time, the, the sentence that said that he was now joining that endless procession of thoughts who had gone on before. I had, blessedly, I had a high bottom. And it took me a really long time before I could really say, yep, I have the same thing, and I am just like you. Different experiences, um, but just like you, and I need this just like somebody who's morbidly obese or, or drastically underweight. And um, when I heard the changes, I, I shouldn't say the changes, when I saw something in a recovered person that I really, really wanted. It was like, you know, at the end of uh, there is a solution, it says, yes, I am one of them too, and I must have this thing. That's how I felt. And I think almost, I think almost the food was maybe, I don't know, I never really had this thought before, but maybe my food was secondary to what I wanted that she had, which was serenity and peace and, and a way out of difficult situations um, you know, how to handle difficult situations. And then, you know, of course, the food did go down and the food was changing and, and I had an experience and I didn't think I was going to talk about this. I had made something last night that was perfectly abstinent. It was a, um, a desserty kind of thing, but it was absolutely perfectly abstinent. And while I was waiting for it to cool, I just, it kept calling me. It's like, hurry up and eat this. I, you know, eat it, eat it, eat it. And then I started to eat it, and it's like... Are we reading the book? The book. I'm sorry. The book. The, Karen? The, uh... <laughs> no, no. Go ahead, Karen. Well, oh, okay, thank you. And, and so, so it was calling me and calling me, and I had a couple of bites, and then thinking this is way too good. And, and, I, and I shared it with my partner, and he ate the rest of it because it's like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I don't, I have no idea what that was about. There was absolutely nothing in it that was, was on my, uh, you know, my, my binge food list. But anyway, I am one of you and um, I'm just another one of us, you know, trudging the, trudging the road. So thank you all for being here and I'll pass. Thank you, Karen from Long Island. Okay, so just a friendly reminder, we are on page seven we're on the fourth paragraph 
So who would like to share on what was read? Hattie W. from Rhode Island. Uh, Jen O. from Florida. Was that Jen from Florida? Yes. Laura S. Jen O. Laura S. Devorah S. Devorah S. Yes. Devorah, gotcha. And Jeff Patty w. w. Patty W. One, two, three, four, five. Anybody else? We have some time. All right, another great lineup. Patty W, Jen O, Devorah S, Jeff W, Patty W. All right, Patty W, you are up. Please go ahead. Good morning. It's Hattie, H-A-T-T-I-E-W oh, from Hattie. Rhode Island. And, okay, and I'm the one who spoke a second time. Uh, sorry about that. Um, thank you, moderator, and thank you, everybody, for being on the line. This paragraph is powerful. I, I really appreciate the shares ahead of me. Um, and what's calling me is the um, Bill's expression that, that that he had thought so well of himself and his abilities and his, his capacities to surmount obstacles. And in the last 24 hours, I've found renewed willingness um, to do other things in my life that have I've approached in the past. Um, for example, just uh, projects that I have some skill and ability at, um, self-care that I have um, a desire to, to um, once again renew and, and, and take on. And, and I'm realizing now um, what is new to me in, this, in reading this paragraph this morning is that even with those things, though they have nothing to do with food and everything to do with a strong will that I still have around other things, I actually can't do anything. My food, my creative arts, my self-care without aligning with my higher power. And any time that I, in that surge of excitement and passion for any of those other things, any time that I think I, I, I can do it, that's my mistake. That's where I stumble. And I stumble again and again with the food and with all of those things the minute that I separate myself from aligning with my higher power. And it's it's hard. It's hard on a daily basis sometimes for me to figure out, well, is is this what my higher power wants for me? This thing, this particular um, vegetable, this whatever, it's it's all for me it's all connected it's all interrelated and i can i can watch myself stumble and fall again and again if i decide that i have control that i'm going to do this that i'm going to whatever fill in the blank um i don't have any more power over anything else in my life because i can make a mess of my whole life not just of my food I can make a mess of my relationships. I can make a mess of anything and everything if I don't use this program and use these steps. And it is the power and the beauty. I love how people have pointed out all that Bill did after he set down the alcohol. And I want to think that I could do some tiny 
half a percentage of what he did as I fully commit to this program, as I fully take on what the steps offer me to take on, as I fully align myself with my higher power. And um, it's just, it's a hopeful moment for me. But it's a moment of caution because I know that surge of willpower that I can do this and I can't. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Hattie, from Rhode Island. Okay, Jen O, you're up, followed by Devorah S. Go ahead, Jen. Hi, I'm Jen O. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm fairly new to doing this meeting. Um, I've been getting on it every day. Thank you. And I absolutely love the way that it works. Um, I've got a lot of 25 years in AA where I haven't had a drink. And earlier on in my sobriety, this Doing it this way and then also one-on-one with a sponsor outside of a meeting was where I found the most relief and peace ever in my recovery in all the years. Um, My first drug of choice is food. So I've been using that since I was very young, and I've always done most things to excess and, um, you know, addictively, and that's the same with my food. I'm this this short little couple of sentences just hit me hard with he didn't you know he thought of his poor wife he thought of poor Lois and I just went oh because I have family that doesn't want me to die and I've been sick for over a year and I'm hopefully on the upswing but it was all directly related to my eating I had to have a gastric bypass reversal because because of the uh, gastric bypass, my blood sugar wouldn't stay up, which has gone on for a very long time, but it finally got to the point that it just wouldn't stay up. So I was, I, I had to constantly eat and doctors, and I ended up having the reversal surgery after being sick for a really, really long time. And my family watched what happens to me with food more than they've ever seen it. And it's devastating to watch them watch you die as you're shoving food in your mouth and you're so sick that that might kill you. And I've still eaten after the surgery, you know, I still have been in the food and I don't, I don't want to be anymore. And I just feel like a little, I feel some hope from this meeting, which I really haven't felt in a very long time um, surrounding the food and my compulsion with the mental obsession that just won't stop. And that's all I have. I'm grateful to be here, and I passed. Thank you so much, Jen O. All right, Devorah S., you're followed by Jeff W. Please go ahead. Hi. Thank you, Amy, and thank you, everyone on the line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, you know, what I'm hearing here in the bill is, poor me, poor me, look at me. You know, everybody's, you know, we're, I'm at the end of the rope over here. And, you know, here I was such a, I was high on the horse. And now look where I am now. And, you know, but it's not, I cannot get out of this. It's just so I welcome the idea of getting put into that, you know, hospital and living like us, you know, with the rest of them. And that's my lot in life. That's where it's going to be. And everyone's given up on me, so what's the use 
anyway. And, you know, how often I felt like that too in my disease, you know, like it was just so much easier to stay where I was than to climb out of that deep, dark pit of, of self-loathing and, and, and pity. Um, so it was just so easy. And then, then, then you say to you, then I said to myself, you know, that's my lot in life. I guess that's what God wants for me. You know, put a little spirituality over there, bring God into this, you know, that's what God wanted for me. There's all kinds of people in the world, you know? And so my, my lot in life was that I'm going to be fat and miserable and sick and too bad. And that's it. And I can't do anything about it. That's what God wants. That's God's will. And, you know, what we know being in program, you know, like, you know, we had to get to that low bottom to get to that hope and faith and trust that there's a way out of it. And, um, and thankfully, you know, Bill saw the light, you know, he, as he, we're all here today, it wasn't for Bill, you know, thank you, God. You know, he got to that low place, but at the end, he was able to get out of that pit and see the light and to see, you know, you know, what he could do after all, you know, and he can make amends to his life and he can help other people. And he is a worthwhile being, just like we all are. We all have something to give. And I'm just so grateful that each day I could wake up and, you know, ask God, like, show me the opportunities that I have today. What is it that you want for me today? I don't have to get into that self-pity and, oh, it's so hard. Life could be difficult. But no, I can put one foot in front of the other and meet God and let God show me what is it, you know, what I'm supposed to do today. And, um, and I know first and foremost, you know, I know that God wants me to be patient, tolerant, kindness, and kind and loving to people, um, to stay abstinent so I don't have the obstacles, you know, of the fear, the doubt, the insecurity, um, and the selfish being, because that's, that's where I am when I'm, when I'm eating. You know, that's where I am when I'm in the disease. That's what the disease brings me to. And, you know, thank you, God, today, you know, I can try to be of service and be helpful um, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build a relationship with my higher power day by day, minute by minute. Um, right. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity. And thank you for sharing, now, Pat. Thank you, Devorah. Okay, Jeff W. followed by Patty W. We're going to take a few more names. Go ahead, Jeff. Good morning. I'm Jack W. in Florida, and I uh, I was yesterday was my 31st anniversary, and I was thinking about my wife and this paragraph and Lois. What a what a great um, woman she was, you know, to hang in there with her hubby. I think about the motorcycle trip uh, that's in the the readings we read sometimes and somebody said there was a picture and Lois was driving Bill is in the sidecar so it's just uh, anyways I think about what my wife went through during my um, our marriage with my uh, compulsive overeating Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde anger person for uh, Oh, I don't know. I went to treatment in 1990, so a 31-year stretch of roller coaster ride until I found a Vision for You sponsor in December who um, helped me with my food plan and took away some foods that were 
triggering me to binge. And, uh, you know, I thought they were okay. I, I would always, was always, always heard some, get the biggest apple you can find. And, and they gave me plain yogurt in treatment. So I always thought plain yogurt was okay, but he took away plain yogurt, oatmeal and fruit. And I want you to know without putting those in my system, I just did not have the craving anymore. And for years, I just thought this was the way it was going to be to, I was told to accept myself. Um, but I knew kind of my intuition, my consciousness told me that God had a different plan. I mean, drugs and alcohol and my family and and me, all my friends thought I was going to die. And, and that, that was easier because it, you just don't put it back in your system anymore, but you got to eat. And food was just harder for me, but and I'm sure for everybody on the line, but where was I going with this paragraph? But we have program. Bill didn't have the program yet, and uh, I'm just so grateful that Abby and Roland and and they all made it happen for us and that we have a way out. Um, my mom did the shock treatments. My sister died last year from... Yeah drug overdose so i'm just blessed and i'm blessed to have y'all in my life thanks for letting me share jack w thank you jeff oh it's jack w okay from florida thank you so much patty w you're up please go ahead patty are you there press star one to unmute Maybe I didn't hear a Patty W. Okay, well, come on back in if uh, if I did get that right. Okay, so we have time for a few more. Uh, who would like to share on what was read or on page seven on the fourth paragraph in Bill's story? Who would like to share? Probably tell you about. Missouri. Stephanie, did you say? Yes. Stephanie R. Anyone else? All right. Well, Stephanie, we're going to go ahead and get going with you. So, Stephanie, please go ahead. Hi. Thank you so much. I appreciate everyone being on the line and all the shares. Uh, you know, what has really come up for me is that um, not so much that well, it's just my addictive brain. Um, my food is in a good place. I am um, I'm catastrophizing my life right now because things are going so well and I just have to hold on to something right now in my life that I can make seem not okay. And and that's my diseased brain. I know that's my thinking. I have a wonderful trip coming up, and right now I'm in my head about, oh, my goodness, it's not going to go well. I'm going to get stuck down there. There's going to be a big pandemic. I mean, just going from A to Z, instead of just saying this, too, I will turn over to my higher power, and God is in charge of 
everything that goes on every single second of my life as long as I choose to turn this over to the power that is greater than myself. Um, I have to claim my seat and stay where I am today because if I don't do that, then maybe the food will be something that will speak to me a little bit louder and say, well, you know, you're not feeling so great right now. Stephanie, why don't you just turn over to me? I'll make you feel better, and that's not what I choose to do today. I have a program. I have the steps. I have you all on this line, and I know that through staying sane and asking, and asking God for guidance, my my life will be in the going the direction that God has set for me. Nothing will change that as long as I stay out of the way, give up control, and make sure that um, I do surrender in a way that makes me return to sanity and just claim my seat and say, I have a crazy brain, and right now it's trying to do things that make me uncomfortable, but today I choose program and recovery, and I ask God for help, and thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Stephanie. Who else would like to share on what was read? Page 7? Kathy C. Darian K. Kathy C. I think that's probably going to be it. Darian K. and Kathy C. All right, Kathy C., you are Thank up. you. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Oh, my goodness. Oh, here. Who I, who I thought so well of myself and my abilities, of my capacity to surmount obstacles, was cornered at last. And that's when I knew. I said, this is bigger than me. This is greater than me. This is happening over and over and over again. And the the analogy of into the darkness, that's how I felt. I remember sitting there saying, oh, my gosh, I have nothing. I have nothing. I remember being disconnected from the person whom which I once was before the compulsion to overeat you know, took over my life. I felt that powerlessness. I didn't know what it was yet. I hadn't even come to the rooms yet. But I knew there was something that was driving me, was bigger than me. I couldn't stop it. I wanted to. But down deep, I knew this is, this is big. This is huge. I remember that moment sitting in my living room, waiting for the kids to get off the school bus. And I felt lonely. I felt alone. You know, it's going to talk about the despair and all that in the next paragraph. And that's when I knew I was disconnected. I didn't know what was going on again, but I felt hopeless, hopeless. Um, And then I came to OA. But before coming to OA, I really thought I had to try harder. You can do it. It's okay. It could get better. But again, the food, the obsession kept me, pulled me back in. I just could not stop it. I could not not do it. I ate against my will over and over and over and over again. It brought me wherever it needed to take me. It, like it says, we're going to see that alcohol, what it does to us, it becomes our master. Of course, it directed my life. I had no higher power. I had no willpower. I wanted to. I still 
couldn't. And I felt awful. I felt bad how I was, you know, treating my, my husband, my, my kids. I wasn't present, you know. And I thought, oh, this is this is bigger than me. And I remember that moment. But you know what? There is recovery on the other side. It doesn't have to be like that anymore. We can live a life, finally be free, be present in our own life. So now I could do the things I want to do. And I don't do the things I don't want to do. I'm not compelled anymore, compulsed to, 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 to do those behaviors because my thinking has changed. And this only came, you know, through the capacity of a higher power. Now I could surmount those obstacles. And that's all I have. I passed. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Kathy C. All right, Darian K., you're going to take us out. Please go ahead. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me okay? I can. Oh, good. Good morning, Amy. Um, this is Darian K. in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. I'm grateful we recovered for today and uh, so grateful for all the, the wonderful shares. You know, I, I always, before I share, ask God for the words because, um, you know, I can relate to so much and then I get all overwhelmed. <laughs> um, and so I, um, you know, I was, I was, I was hit with uh, the word trust, you know, Bill really uh, trusted the process um, to put his, his uh, whole story out there, you know, for us to see his transparency, um, you know, that he wasn't a perfect person, that he had all these thoughts, um, uh, you know, about himself uh, that really swung from, you know, the pendulum really swung from like, you know, grandiosity to just deep despair and that he trusted people, you know, to, to be able to take this information and use it uh, to recover, you know, so I just really am so grateful for that, that, uh, that inspiration that he gives all of us. Um, I also want to share quickly that, you know, I just was thinking about the summertime, you know, it's, it's almost summertime. Um, you know, and I love the summer. It's like my favorite season, but I remember when I was heavy, I, oh, the legs rubbing together and the, and the mor being mortified on the beach, always looking for someone bigger than me so I wouldn't feel so bad. And just, um, just trying to fit into the world. Um, it just, it was a lot of work. Um, and I, and I always fought, fell short. And, um, you know, today I don't have to feel that way. No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm still not Heidi Klum or whatever, but, you know, I still can feel like a part of the world and a, and a part of um, society, you know, and just another, another person that deserves, um, you know, hope and kindness and inspiration and recovery. And so, and, you know, I'm just so grateful, grateful that, that, like I said, Bill was willing to put himself out there and let us know where he was and, you know, what, what happened and what he's like now, just like when we share in our our meetings when we qualify. So I'm, I'm just so grateful. Thank you all for being out there for me. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Darian Kay. Perfect timing. Okay, we're going to wrap things up. I'd like to thank everyone who shared today. And just a friendly reminder, I don't know if someone was unmuted a little bit earlier, but just to remember to try, please try to stay muted while others are speaking. And also that we don't interrupt other people's shares. That's you know, we treat each other with common courtesy and we'd be polite. So just a sort of just a friendly reminder there, folks, and let the moderators and the dashboard people do their job. That would be wonderful. 
Again, thank you everyone who shared into Team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following. The share ID for today, June 2nd, Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,020. That's 19020. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Uh, will Devorah S. please take us out reading a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. So see to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you until then.